Thank you, worship team. What an awesome time of worship just to remind us that God is holding us fast and that we'll get to praise him together one day. Well, good morning. Welcome. My name is Andrew. Welcome if it's your first time here. So this Sunday is going to be just a little bit different. Um, Adam, uh, last week at the annual meeting, shared our Back Together vision with our church family. He was going to give that message here this morning. And then first service at about 845, he started to not feel very well. And so we've kind of pivoted and adjusted a plan. He made it through the first 20 minutes of the message, and then I jumped up and was able to share the rest. We're actually gonna show you the first 20 minutes of that on video. Before we do, I just wanna acknowledge and and just celebrate Adam for his leadership here at our church, that he was able to stand up here and give the first 20 20 minutes of that message while he was not feeling well is, is nothing short of incredible. And I think it just shows his passion, his shepherd's heart, for our church family, his his commitment to us as our leader. And I know that Adam, he's probably watching right now. I know he would give anything to be here to be able to give this message, but we do get to see about the first 20 minutes on video. So could we just take a moment and just thank Adam for his leadership here? Adam, if you're watching, we love you, brother. We're so thankful for just your your leadership for for our church family. So let's dive into this video. We'll watch about 20 minutes of it. In it, you're gonna get to hear this process where God kind of led Adam to this vision and this focus area for our church family in 2023. And if you were at the annual meeting last week where our members voted on some things and heard about this vision from Adam, we are excited about what God is doing in our church family. You see a lot of us wearing the the back together shirts this morning. We believe that God is gonna do just an amazing thing through this back together movement. And so you'll kind of get to hear the origins of how that came about a little bit from Adam and Acts, and then I'll come back up and share some of the specifics of how we're gonna roll that plan out. Does that sound like a good plan? Give me a thumbs up if it does. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for being flexible. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll jump into Adam's video message. God, we, we thank you and we praise you that you are the one who holds us fast. God, whatever is going on in our lives, you are the one who holds us, who walks with us, who comforts us, who cares for us. We, we do pray for Adam, God, as he's not feeling well this morning. We pray that you would heal him and, and comfort him and just be with them. And God, we lift up our church family to you as, as staff and as pastors. We believe that you've laid this back together initiative on Adam's heart as our leader, God, and then on our hearts as well. So we pray that you would lead our church into that in such a powerful way through this morning. We give this morning to you. Give us attentive hearts to to hear from your word as Adam opens it for us, God, and to take action steps to follow you and how you're leading us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. All right, let's watch this together. For a moment and talk about what's going on in Turkey and Syria right now. I'm sure all of you have seen the news and uh, some of the just tragedy, tragic stories coming out of there. Tens of thousands of people who've lost their lives, tens of thousands of people who have been um, misplaced by this. And uh, it's heartbreaking to hear the stories of rescuers searching through rubble and uh, so many of them finding parents who were covering their kids and the parent didn't make it, but the kid did <clears throat> because of their parents' protection. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's tragic. And I want us to spend a little bit of time this morning to pray about them. But I also want you to know that we have 
um, some people from First Free who are there on the ground, um, who are missionaries there, and they are bringing these people into their home. At last I heard they had 30 people staying in their home with them, and they're providing, they're taking trips around the country, they're providing blankets and um, medical supplies and food and water and all sorts of things to people in need. And, and there is actually a, a way that you can help them if you, if you feel led to do so. Oasis International is a ministry here in St. Louis that's one of our partners, and they have set up a fund on their website at oasisforrefugees.org. And if you donate to oasisforrefugees.org, uh, I, under the Turkey Relief Fund, 100% of that will go to the victims of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. And that is actually being uh, led by, that effort's being led by um, our missionaries who are there. We can't give you any information about them. Um, but, but so that you know that's being done well and it's being handled appropriately, um, if you want to help out, that is how you can do that. And I just want us to bow our heads uh, for a moment. And just pray and ask God's blessing on their work and their efforts and also his protection. And, and that this would be an opportunity for more people to learn about him. Would you pray with me? Father, we are <clears throat> heartbroken over or what has happened in Turkey and Syria, Lord. It's amazing to see, in some cases, nations coming together to help. And, and even a place like Greece that have, has had a lot of disputes with Turkey to be sending support and help. You've got lots of other countries sending people, sending money, sending resources and supplies, Lord. And we know that it's especially challenging in Syria right now uh, because of the sanctions. But, but now that those have been temporarily lifted, Lord, we pray that the help would get in that needs to get in. And the physical needs are great, but the spiritual needs are greater. And so we pray, God, that you would... Use this as an opportunity to um, break down barriers to people's hearts, uh, that, that uh, our people that are there working on the ground would, would be able to show the love of Christ in a really powerful and tangible way, and, and that there would be um, evidence of you at work in the midst of tragedy, Lord, as there always is. So we pray for your, your blessing on um, our own people who are there. We pray for your work in the hearts of people who, uh, who do not know you, and maybe this will be their introduction to you, God. Um, just work and move in a, in a powerful way through a difficult circumstance, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week was our annual business meeting here at First Free. That's when we vote on the budget. We vote on elders and deacons and our nominating committee, and, uh, and we kind of handle all of that business there. This year, we did something new, and I, what I was going to do was cover it in full at the business meeting and then just give you a brief recap here and then just get into kind of a normal message like we would usually do. And the feedback from last week was so strong, it made it clear, and people even brought this up, that we needed to cover this in full in the main service. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I want to back up and give you some context, though. <clears throat> um, and as, as, <laughs> as bad as I feel now, this is all just kind of an internal thing, and it's all, it's all medicine-related, and the doctor says it will go away eventually, which is wonderful to hear, because I've had all the symptoms this morning. Um, coming out of the pandemic, just to be very transparent with you, really was a very difficult time for a lot of us, and, and for me as well. And I started to feel very discouraged and very depressed 
after that time for a variety of different reasons, but a lot of them were in some ways instigated by the pandemic. Um, and as the pandemic was winding down, or actually during the pandemic, it, it didn't seem that, I, I felt like I had a drive, I felt like I had motivation, I felt like I had energy. Um, but as the pandemic was winding down, all that kind of went away. And I started to see some new things happen in the world and some new things happen in the church landscape and, and happen in our church that were very concerning. Um, church looked a lot different pre and post pandemic, doesn't it? And that's true in most churches across the country. It's true in a lot of churches around the world. Things, things changed. Um, I spent hours and hours and hours a week in prayer over many months asking God, what is next for the future of your church? Where, where is this thing going? Because it seems like things have changed a lot, forcing us all to, to lock down for a while and then have limited gatherings and, and then this up and down cycle. Remember, it was just a year ago that we were dealing with the Omicron surge. That was only a year ago. And we saw at this church, what happened was we had seen our in-person attendance trend up and our online attendance trend down. And in about a week's time, it just flipped because of that Omicron surge. And suddenly we were finding that again, far more people were watching online than were watching in person. And over the last year, it's trended the other direction again. But it's not like we're back to where we were before the pandemic. And I'm talking with pastors around the country who are saying the exact same thing. Something's changed in the church. And so I spent about a year and a half praying and asking God, what is next for your church, God? What are, what are you doing here? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to be a part of it? Where do you want us to go? I just felt like we didn't have a cohesive direction. I mean, we know the things we're supposed to do from God's word, but, but it just didn't feel like we had a strong sense of where are we going? Now that this pandemic has just interrupted all of our, our patterns, everything looks so, so different. And during that time, I talked with a number of pastors in our association, the EFCA. I talked with our leadership in the EFCA. I, I talked with a counselor for a while, um, and they were all very helpful. I leaned on our pastors here and my small group here, which was, was fantastic and really helped me get through that time, but it was very discouraging. And it wasn't until a few months ago that I felt that God finally was starting to answer my prayers. I was starting to get a glimpse of maybe where the church could go in the future um, that was very different than what a lot of my friends were pursuing, honestly. Um, there are a lot of churches and, and good friends of mine who are pursuing an online church strategy. And their idea is that the church moving forward is online that happens to sometimes meet at a physical location. But generally speaking, the church is an online thing. And, uh, and I, I wrestle with that. I struggle with that because I just don't see the same level of community and connection online that you get in person. And we're thankful to have an online service that hopefully looks good and is enjoyable to watch. And, and a lot of people tune in every, every weekend, and, and we're thankful for that. We're glad that when you're sick, you can watch online. When you're traveling, you can join us online and still feel connected to your church, but it's not the same. And everybody that's been gone for a year or two and comes back, they say, we've been watched online, but man, it's not the same once you get here. And, and so I've been wrestling with, what, what do we do as a church about this? Where do we go? And I felt like God was telling me, 
a few months ago, we need an area to focus on as a church. Our church does so many wonderful things for kids, for students, for adults. We've got groups. We've got men's and women's ministries. We've got Bible studies uh, all over the place. We've got special needs ministry. We've got local outreach and global outreach. There's so many things our church does. It's like this menu is so big that sometimes our focus actually gets scattered and diluted because there's so many different things we're involved in. What is it that's really drawing us together? And moving us in the same direction. And I felt like God was was communicating to me. There needs to be this focus for the church coming after the pandemic. I think the pandemic has made this so much worse. It scattered us in so many ways. It scattered our time. It scattered our priorities. It scattered our activities. You know, we all thought during the pandemic that, wow, all this margin that it's given us and all this rest that it's given us, and it sort of forced us to not have all these activities. We're going to learn a lesson from this and things are going to be different after the pandemic. Didn't you think that? I thought that. And then you start to see the the pandemic finally winding down. Really this last year is when it really winded down in full. And, and what happened? We rebounded. We bounced back to busyness in a big way. We all got really busy again. And, and in fact, not only were we really busy again, but we lost some of the good habits and good routines that we had before the pandemic that the pandemic sort of abruptly cut short for us. And so I feel like in many cases, the church in general and our church in specific has lost some spiritual energy because of how the enemy used the pandemic in our lives. Like the church has kind of gotten a a bit of a gut punch and hasn't gotten its wind back yet. And what's going to change that? And I think we need an area to focus on that we can all get behind. I think that's where God is, is leading us. Not to take away from all the other great things we do, but to have some things that pull us back together around a common theme for the next year. According to a LifeWay study, after COVID, the number of adults who attend church at least once a month dropped by 14.6 million people. That's just once a month. 14.6 million adults stopped going to church as after COVID. And that's just the ones that went once a month. I don't know about the the ones that went more than that. A Pew Research study showed that although 95% of churches have reopened, only about 66% of Christians have returned to church. Studies show that most people are not afraid of COVID-19 anymore. But as of May of last year, 80% said their lives were mostly back to normal. And so because of that, because they said they're not afraid of COVID-19 and most people say their lives have returned back to normal, that was even, even last May. LifeWay uh, concluded as a result of this. This means for the vast majority of still missing churchgoers, their absence is not so much an intentional decision. Rather, it's the unintentional creation of a new habit. They've gotten out of the practice of church going and haven't made a decisive act to restart. And what's happened is there's been a rise of the Lone Ranger Christian. People who think that they can just believe in Jesus and and watch or read Christian media at home and go about their lives without needing to really be connected to a church. And I believe that is a trap. It's a trap that moves us farther from God's design for our lives to be connected with each other in Christian community. That's what we need. 
we need that, that unity in Christian community. A couple of months ago, we did a series on Christmas, and there was one message called Christmas in Connection, where I walked through all the one another's, well, not all of them, there are a lot of them, but many of the one another's in Scripture. And that was one of my favorite messages ever to give, because the one another's are so powerful in Scripture. And I'm, I'm concerned that when we don't have a commitment to regularly be together as the family of God. We lose those one another's. We lose the accountability that we have together. We lose the connection and the closeness and the ability to be in each other's lives. And a lot of that has happened in the church following the pandemic. Even outside of the church, there is an epidemic of loneliness right now. People are isolated. People are separated Loneliness is linked in all sorts of studies to disease and early mortality and depression and heart disease, anxiety, substance abuse, domestic abuse, lots of different issues. But these have only been made worse after the pandemic. And one developmental psychologist put it this way, we are in danger of alleviating one public health problem, the transmission of disease, while exacerbating another by all the loneliness and isolation. Harvard study found that 36% of Americans reported feeling lonely frequently or all the time. And that number jumps to an astonishing 61% for those 18 to 25. There's a man named Dr. Robert Putnam that wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And here's what he said. This was before the pandemic. He said, connectedness really matters. Wonderful studies controlling for your blood chemistry and how old you are and your gender and whether you jog or whether you smoke and so on show that your chances of dying over the next year are cut in half by joining just one group, cut in a quarter by joining two groups. In churches, we often look back to the early church for examples of how it's supposed to be. I mean, after all, these were the people that were closest to the disciples of Jesus, the ones who, who had the freshest version of Jesus' teaching. And sometimes we look back in confusion at how they could still mess up and still get things wrong when they were so close to the source of truth. But there are a lot of things we can point to and say, wow, they, they, they did really well with that. There, there are some examples there for us to follow. And so I want you, if you would, to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. We're going to go back a little bit in the Acts series. I know we're, we're going in reverse here. But Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at verse Acts 2 verse 42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. That word devoted in the Greek means to persist obstinately. So you can just insert illustration about kids here. Like persist obstinately. Every time we put our kids to bed, they come up with reasons to keep us coming back in. You know, when they want something, candy or some snack or food or something, they just persist obstinately, and it can be very annoying. That's how the believers were about these things. They persisted obstinately about four key things. The teaching of the church leaders, fellowship together, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. 
The, the teaching was the first thing that they did. Community was incredibly important to them. Eating together is a very powerful thing to do, especially when you come from different backgrounds and you wouldn't normally sit down at a meal together. And then prayer, something that, that they persisted in, they were devoted to. Jesus emphasized private prayer, but obviously they prayed together as well. Both were very important to them. In verse 43, Luke says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. There was this sense of a shared family that they had, an identity that they didn't have before, that, that they wanted to act like a family. If a family member needs something, um, unless it's a family member that's been uh, abusing your kindness for a long time, you generally want to help them. You want to provide for whatever it is that they need right now because they're family. And suddenly these people, they all had this bigger family. And so what happened? Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And at Acts 4, you learn there was no one needy among them. Not a single person was destitute because they looked after each other. They cared for each other. That means that they knew what was going on in each other's lives. They knew where the needs were. And they knew how they could step in and meet them. They were, they were with each other a lot. Um, they were devoted to their fellowship, to being together. They were persistent in that, being together and not letting other things get in the way. Verse 46 says, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So meeting at the, the temple every single day for worship, that's, that's a big ask. We don't ask you to be here every day for worship, but these people were in Jerusalem. They were in a city that geographically was fairly small, and so they were all able to walk to the temple every day for a brief worship service, probably in the morning, then go about their, their day. And they met in homes as well regularly. This is where small groups comes from, the idea that, that they had their big corporate worship gatherings, and then they had their home-based small groups and later on, in places like Crete and Ephesus, you would see the same kind of pattern develop, where you'd have sort of a senior pastor like Timothy over the church in Ephesus, and then you'd have lots of pockets of believers who gathered in homes in Ephesus. Same thing in Crete with Titus, same kind of deal. That was the early church. That's how they worked. And then here's the coolest part of all this. Look at verse 47. It says, all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So notice three outcomes here. They praised God. The outsiders noticed their goodness and thought well of them. And God added people to their church every single day. And it seems to me like in many ways, the, the, all I can speak for is the Western church. And in some cases, our church here at First Free, we've gotten away from some of these things. We've at least gotten away from making them a priority from being devoted to them, persistent and obstinate and making sure that we value the teaching and the fellowship and sharing of meals together in prayer. What's really happened after the pandemic is it's just become even worse. And so some of the things that used to be priorities for us have now taken a back seat. The priority of being with the family of God in, in corporate worship on a regular basis, it's not a priority for many of us anymore. We're not as devoted to the fellowship. We're more devoted to comfort and convenience. And that healthy habit of being involved with our church family, for some of us, it's been put on the shelf while we pursue other things and other priorities. Jesus talks in Revelation about a church that lost its first love. And he said, get back to the things you did at first. 
And I think that's a message that the church needs today. And that's why I want to introduce to us today, or the same thing we shared last week with all of our members at the annual meeting, a focus for the next year. Something that we have prayed over as elders and pastors and church staff with a number of different things we want to do that we think is going to help bring the church back together. And we don't know if they're all going to be effective, every bit of it, but we do think that some of these things, if we will, if we will commit to them together, if we'll unite around them, that it could see tremendous results in our community and in our church. And I'm going to ask you, everybody who's in this room, everybody that's online, to join us in this and be a part of this. Because we believe this is where God is leading us as a church. And we believe that if we will focus on these things this next year together, that God is going to do great things in our community. So Andrew, would you come and share it with us? We'll bring the lights up here. That's the best transition I've ever had into a message, I guess. Maybe the most unusual. <laughs> Thank you, tech team, for, for pulling that video off. Can we give our tech team a hand? They did that very quickly. Thank you, guys. It also strikes me watching that here second service that Adam fought through feeling uncomfortable for what would have been the most difficult part of the message for me to give to get us to the last 10 minutes to a part where I could share. So, Adam, thank you for that. Um, I'd like to do just kind of 10 minutes of a follow-up to what Adam shared. Adam was able to give me his notes, so I'll stick really closely to these just so that you have an opportunity to hear what he wanted to share with our church family this morning. I'm gonna talk just about how this Back Together vision connects to the vision and the values of our church, and then I'm gonna lay out eight points that Adam and our, our pastors have, and staff have come up with for how we can implement this and, and join in together. So here's our vision, our vision statement as a church. First Free is a growing community, passionate about worshiping God, reaching the lost, growing spiritually, praying continually, deepening community, that's really key for this Back Together initiative, and developing leaders who continue those pursuits in every area of life. Something as pastors that we felt God laying on our heart is that maybe every year moving forward, and we aren't sure about this, but maybe every year God will have a specific vision or, or focus area for us. So this year, as Adam said, we've really felt this deepening community focus. We felt God laying that on our heart. So that's where we're going to be focusing this year. It also really connects to our distinctive values, which you see all the time out in the lobby. Jesus is the difference. Love is a verb. Heaven is big. Outreach is for everyone. Community is core. That's going to be kind of our focus value for this year and that leadership is learned. So how cool that we get to put one of our core values into practice by focusing on this plan. There's an old African proverb that goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. I love that. If you want to go far, go together. I believe that's what God is calling us to do as a church this year. So here's the eight-point plan that we're going to implement, how we're going to kind of take this big idea back together that we believe God has laid on our hearts and how we're going to put that into action to bring us together as a church family and hopefully to, to impact our, our church family and our community. Part number one, read together a shared Bible reading plan. 
This one is, is really exciting, and we're just really looking forward to this. Starting tomorrow, we are launching a year-long Bible reading plan for everyone in our church family. When we read the same truths on the same day, there's such an opportunity for us to have conversations together about what we're learning and, and what God is teaching us, either here in the halls at First Free or at our small groups or Sunday morning community groups. And we're just really excited about how this is going to create shared conversations. You can get this reading plan, and actually all of these points will be at efree.org slash back together. And we're excited to, to jump into that tomorrow. The second part is called Listen Together. This is going to be a devotional podcast that our pastors are launching that is going to connect to the Bible reading plan. So each day you'll be able to listen to a short devotional podcast with some of the scripture reading, maybe a few devotional thoughts on that passage, and then a few questions to help you go deeper in, in reflecting on it. So points one and two really go together, the shared Bible reading plan and a shared devotional podcast that we can listen to together. And we're hoping that this is something for our church family, primarily us, but also something that maybe you could share with friends or, or neighbors or coworkers. Maybe you could let them know, hey, our church has this Bible reading plan, this devotional podcast we're going through together. Maybe you could invite someone into it to allow them to be part of the conversation. Point number three in this plan is called celebrate together. We're gonna do a couple things to help us celebrate what God is doing in our church. And there are so many amazing things that, that our God is doing here. We're gonna to try to show you ministry highlight videos more often in our services, maybe once a quarter, so that those of us who are only here at this room can see what God is doing in Kid Connection or ESL or youth ministry. Uh, we just wanna celebrate what God is doing through some videos. For those of you who give regularly, we'll also be sending out updates about how God is working and how God is using your giving to advance his kingdom here at First Free. We're also gonna be bringing back worship together service this year. If you weren't here three years ago, we did a, a big together service where we invited the kids and the students to be a part of it. And we just had a worship celebration as one big church family in this room. And we're gonna be doing that uh, this year later in May. We'll share all about that. So celebrate together. That's a good rhythm for us to have to, to celebrate what God is doing. Point number four is pray together. We believe that we, we can't do this movement in and of ourselves, that we need to ask God for, for help and, and to go to him in prayer. We're gonna be sending out regular prayer prompts, emails to our senior pastor update list. If you wanna get on that list, you can do so at our website. I think either at the Back Together plan or just searching for the senior pastor updates. You can also reach out directly to, to Adam. He can help you get on that list but um, we wanna be praying together as a church family. Then we wanna bring that posture of prayer here into the sanctuary. So 15 minutes before each service, and just be honest with me for a second, how many of you often arrive 15 minutes late to the service? I've been there. <laughs> Sometimes we could blame our kids for that. Sometimes other factors, but um, we, we're hoping to pray that a group of us 15 minutes before service and a group did this right before this service to lift it up in prayer to God could meet just to pray. And so if you're here 15 minutes early, we'd invite you to come and just pray for the service. And we're excited too to show people who are coming into our church some excitement and unity and, and prayer around the services. So starting next week, we would love for you to, to be a part of that. The next point is eat together, dinner together. We're so excited about this. As Adam said in Acts 2, part of the early church's fellowship was just eating together, being together for meals. 
So at ifree.org slash back together, you can sign up to host a, a dinner for a group of people. We're kind of thinking smaller groups, four, six, eight, maybe even 10 people. We'd like to have people sign up to host. And then also for any of you who would just love to get dinner with people, to meet some more folks at our church family, you can sign up at ifree.org slash back together. We're excited for this as an opportunity for people who, who don't know each other just to get connected. And maybe it's just a one-time thing, or maybe it ends up going beyond that and you make a great connection with somebody and you're able to start a small group or, or a friendship, something like that. We're excited about this dinner together part of our plan. The next piece is connect together. As Adam said at our annual meeting, this is maybe the piece that is just a, just a little bit controversial, but we are thinking about bringing coffee into the main auditorium here. We're, we're really excited about that. We know some of you might have some different thoughts or, or opinions on it, but we just kind of want to try it as an experiment and see how it goes. Part of our reasoning in this is that often when new visitors come to our church, they receive this amazing welcome from Shanna and our guest connection team. But then if you've ever been here early for a service, it could feel just a little bit empty and dead in here. So we would love to bring more people into this space so that there's more folks to, to greet them and also just create a little bit of a warmer atmosphere with, with more energy. So we'd encourage you just to try that out with us. We're not making any long-term commitment to say we're gonna do this forever, but we do wanna try it and, and just see how it goes and see what God does through it. The next piece, point number seven, we're all, almost, almost done here, seven of eight, is called Care Together. This is section host, where we wanna recruit some people who will be section shepherds of different parts of our auditorium. This would be a person who's kind of responsible for a certain section of our room just to pray for people, to welcome in people who are new, and maybe to reach out to people if they haven't been here for a couple weeks. If you have a, a shepherd's heart and some gifts of hospitality and you'd like to be a part of that, you could email connections at efree.org and Shanna will help you get signed up for that. The last point, point number eight, is grow together. Adam is really excited to bring back the Five Questions podcast. That's something we actually did during the pandemic. And it was great to kind of do a deep dive into some uh, people's stories or, or tough questions and just go deeper their faith. So Adam is excited to be bringing that back this year. And you'll have opportunities to, to listen to that podcast together. So I know that's a lot of stuff. But man, as pastors and, and our ministry staff, we're just so excited about how God is gonna use us. We believe that he is really gonna work in a powerful way. And I hope that maybe God is stirring in a specific way in your heart that you could be a part of this plan, maybe that you could provide leadership at, at one of these areas or just join in and partner with what God is doing. I think when we think about movements, there's always people who are out front leading that movement and then people are supporting it. I even think of the American Revolution and the movement towards independence in our country and how certain people played a catalytic role in that. You think of George Washington who led through his character and his leadership and John Adams who was a kind of champion with just his commitment to the cause and Thomas Jefferson who used his writing gift to, to be a part of launching that movement. There were so many different gifts that came together to lead that movement. And I think for us as a church, there's an opportunity for all of us to bring our individual gifts and be a part of something that is big and is powerful. And I think 
maybe, just maybe, I've thought a little bit about, you know, what happened this morning with Adam not being able to, to share the message. I'm, I'm sure he would have given anything to share it. I'm wondering if there was a little bit of spiritual attack in that. I mean, how many of you have had a significant spiritual moment of your life, and then it feels like you get sick or something happens, and there's just this opposition to it? Anyone been there? I know I have, just by show of hands. Yeah, I think all of us have felt that. And so maybe maybe the enemy was trying to, to attack this plan because of the potential for what it could do. But maybe there's an opportunity for us to, to turn that and what the enemy meant for evil, to turn it for good. And just for all of us to say, you know what? If this movement is gonna have life and, and breath, it, it needs to be bigger than Adam. Adam is the one who's gonna be our champion and our leader in it. God has laid this vision on his heart. But for all of us to come alongside him and stand with him and say, Adam, this isn't just gonna be something that you lead as our pastor. This is gonna be something that we're gonna get behind and, and we're gonna follow you and we are gonna see what God does. So towards that end, I wanna ask you to do two things. If you are feeling, and just a moment I'll ask you to do this, if you're feeling that God is leading you to join this movement, to be a part of it, to lead in some way, to serve in some way, I wanna ask you to stand. There's no pressure to stand. If you're a visitor this morning, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. You're learning a ton about our church. You may be thinking, I'm new to this whole Christianity thing. I'm not ready to commit to a, a back together movement. But if you're feeling God working in you, would, would you stand with us now? Yeah, that's awesome. Amen, we're so excited about that. And then let me also ask if we could take a few minutes and pray together for this movement. Would you just find four, five, six, seven people who are right around you and let's take five minutes and just pray that God would move at our church in a really powerful way. Alec and the bands will come back out here in a moment and, and lead us in a song, but let's, let's take a moment and pray now and then if you guys would pray together, let, let's do that. God, we do lift this up to you. We pray that you would take it and use it for your name and your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.